fitness, nutrition, biohacking, longevity, life optimization, spirituality, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the Ben Greenfield Life Show. Are you ready to hack your life? Let's do this. If you're in your 30s or anywhere beyond, you got to start eliminating senescent cells in your body. These are the so-called zombie cells that make you feel old before it's time to feel old. They linger in your body after their useful function, hence their name zombie cells, wasting energy and precious nutrition and leading to so many middle-aged symptoms like low energy, brain fog, slow workout recovery, and joint discomfort. But luckily, you can nuke these senescent cells. There are a bunch of different newly discovered plant-derived ingredients that when expertly combined can help to reduce senescent cells. And the folks at Neurohacker have cracked the code on putting them all together into a fantastic product called Qualia Senolytic. Qualia Senolytic. Now, this could be one of the biggest aging breakthroughs of the decade based on what we know about senescent cells. It could take years off how old you feel in just months. And you only use it twice a month, six capsules twice a month. Super simple. I'm actually on my cycle right now. I just took six this morning. I'll take six tomorrow morning. Then I set it and forget it for a month, nuking my senescent cells and feeling younger in the process. So if you're sick of feeling old before your time, try, try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, S-E-N-O, neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, Backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee and that code Ben Senna will give you an additional 15% off at neurohacker.com forward slash Ben Senna. All right, 90% of the time, if you see me at the gym or in my office or at a restaurant or in a boardroom, and you'll, by the way, never see me in a boardroom, but I'm just saying, if I were ever in a boardroom, I'm wearing what I call performance apparel. That's my fancy phrase for clothes that I can work out in and that I can also live in that look good. I'm wearing a church. They're that good. They're that precious. This company is called Viori, V-U-O-R-I, incredibly versatile. Like I said, running, training, swimming, yoga, lounging, weekend errands, you name it. They 100% offset their carbon footprint, meaning that they use better sustainable materials for their products. They're incredibly versatile and comfortable. Did I mention they're versatile? Yeah, they're versatile. So viori.com slash Ben is where you can go for a 20% discount. Guys, I recommend their men's Sunday performance jogger. It's a great lounge or work jogger. Women's daily leg, and my wife loves those. She also likes their women's performance jogger, which is like she says the softest jogger she has. I feel like I'm using the word jogger too much. I used to say jogging pants, but apparently the cool word is jogger. Now, you get 20% off and free shipping on any U.S. orders over 75 bucks and free returns at viori.com slash Ben, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Ben. Discover the versatility, there I said it again, of Viori clothing. All right, I know I talk a lot about infrared therapy. I talk a lot about infrared saunas. I'm often asked which one I use, which brand I actually stand by. It's Clearlight. Why Clearlight? Because they're the sauna company known for shielding you against EMF and a lifetime warranty. So they're built to last. They use really, really great high quality red lights. They get all sorts of cool accessories for your sauna. I have their big sanctuary sauna, so I can do like yoga in it, hang out with people in it. I can bring a kettlebell or if I'm really jamming. I used to do this when I was training for triathlon. I bring a bike in there. But heat therapy has been shown to increase cellular resilience, help maintain muscle even when you can't work out, increase blood flow, reduce pain, reduce inflammation. 
cause a huge release in happy hormones from the penetrating infrared light, which is way different than a dry sauna or a steam room, way different. You'll know if you experience this thing. You can even go to a quiz on their website, fill it out, and find out exactly which model is going to be perfect for you, your space, and your needs. So you do all of that at HealWithHeat.com. HealWithHeat.com. You can use code BEN for discount and a free shipping. Huge savings because these saunas are big and heavy and well-made. So free shipping alone is amazing. HealWithHeat.com. Very easy to assemble, by the way. It took me and my sons just a few hours when we got ours. HealWithHeat.com. Use code BEN for discount and free shipping on the same infrared sauna that I use almost every single day. HealWithHeat.com. Hey folks, before we dive into the podcast with pro baseball pitcher Noah Syndergaard, aka Thor, you should know that there is a point during this podcast where a controversial topic comes up, at least controversial among nerded out biohackers, namely that some infrared saunas might have toxic products in wood because the wood has been imported and exposed to toxins or contains volatile organic compounds, including the claim that the wood that's used in saunas like clear light or sunlight is imported from China and would contain things you don't want to be breathing in when you're in the sauna. I dug into this. So first of all, if you go to the show notes at bengreenfieldlife.com slash Thor podcast, I was able to hunt down all the certificates of registration, the Sustainable Forest Initiative certificate, along with the chemical analysis of all the wood used in the sauna that I use, which is the Clearlight Infrared Sauna. It's a fantastic sauna in my opinion. And I also talked with Clearlight to dig into this. Turns out none of the wood that they use is grown in China. Their mahogany is from North Africa. The base wood is from Canada. The hemlock framing wood they use is from Canada. The wood certificates they use, again, are going to be attached in the show notes to this podcast. And they purchased their woods uh, from Western Forest Products in Canada. For the mahogany that they use, that's from National Forest Products Industry Corporation, and they are what's called an FSC certified producer. Clearlight buys the natural wood. It's 100% untreated kiln-dried wood, so it does not need to be fumigated. They don't fumigate the saunas when they import to North America. The wood is never fumigated for saunas designed for North America. And when importing into some other countries, they require it, but not for the US and Canada market. So ultimately, you do not need to be worried about breathing in toxins and VOCs when you're in a clear light sauna, at least, which is the one that I did my research into, because honestly, that's the one that's in my basement. You, of course, should make sure that you use non-toxic cleaning supplies in your sauna, that you wipe it down after you sweat because your sweat has metals in it, but the actual sauna itself is safe. So I hope that clears the air. Huh? <laughs> See what I did there? And uh, let's go and listen to my conversation with Thor. Well, folks, I've been uh, arranging this podcast behind the scenes for the past couple of months. My guests on the show was actually going to be doing this live with me up in Spokane, but uh, he he had some some snafus as did I. So we're recording virtually for you. He just came off the rooftop in a beautiful Manhattan beach, whereas I'm stuck in snowy Spokane, Washington. But we're making it happen either way. My guest is Noah Syndergaard. Uh, you might know him as Thor. He's an American professional baseball pitcher, uh, and he played in MLB for he's played for the Mets, the Angels, the Phillies, the Dodgers. 
Cleveland Guardians. So you might be wondering why why I picked Noah as a guy that I really want to interview on the show. Well, it's because you might have seen him appear in GQ magazine, amongst many other places, as a guy who's a very forward-thinking athlete. He's kind of almost like, I don't know if anybody's ever called you this, Noah, or if it rubs you the wrong way if someone did, but kind of like the Tom Brady of baseball or something like that. Like all of your biohacking and red light and earthing and grounding and BFR training and nose to tail tail eating and you know all these things that GQ magazine talked about in their interview about uh, I think it was titled Noah Syndergaard thinks baseball has gotten soft and humans have too. That one definitely I thought was was very interesting and you're up to a lot of stuff that I think would be super cool to hear about. So anyways, if you're listening right now all the show notes are going to be at bengreenfieldlife.com slash Thor podcast. That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash Thor podcast. And I guess I should ask you right off the bat, Noah, how did you get the nickname Thor? First of all, I just wanted to say thank you for having me on. It's a huge honor to be here. I've been listening and learning from your guidance and wisdom for a long time. So when you asked me to be on it, it felt like I was getting called up to the big leagues or getting drafted again. So uh, it was I'm just extremely honored and, and humbled to be here. I, I actually have a funny Tom Brady story. Too. I recently met him and they were oh, yeah. saying, don't, don't meet your heroes kind of thing. But it wasn't like he was a bad guy. It was just like I had been drinking a little bit at this party and I was kind of busting his balls about if he was going to have any nightshades. And then uh, I asked him <laughs> what his favorite like recovery modality was and He's like, oh, I've kind of tried them all, but I don't really stick with any of them. Oh, man. I, I was hoping he might have said infrared pajamas while he sipped on an eggplant martini. Uh, infrared pajamas do sound awesome, actually. Um, the Thor nickname is not super exciting, but I think I got it when I was still with – I was drafted by the Blue Jays in 2010, and uh, one of their fans on Twitter correlated like Cindergard the guard, G-A-A-R-D, and my last name to Thor's home realm of Asgard. Um, and that was even before I had long hair. I started growing my hair out in 2015. Um, so we, I actually have a dog named Thor, and I don't want people to think that it's just like I'm so infatuated with that moniker, but we got him when I was a yeah. junior in high school. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a dog named Dasher, but I don't really – Fancy the nickname Dasher. And my dog before that was Rupert. I Big into reindeer. I wouldn't want Rupert. Now, I did have a Bruno. I wouldn't mind a Bruno. And I have a Comet who's, yeah, a lot of our dogs are named after reindeer, actually. So uh-huh. the, uh, the the Thor thing's interesting because you actually are, are you considered to be pretty big as far as an MLB pitcher goes? Yeah, I think I'm probably one of the biggest pitchers. I'm like 6'7", 250, got up to 260 yeah. at one point. Yeah. Um, I guess there's a, a role of Chapman. He's uh, he's pretty big too. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I think I'm a little bit of an anomaly yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and I I get the impression that at least from what I've seen of you and read about you, even though you and I haven't talked much in the past, besides just some random back and forth texts, that you're kind of an outside the box thinker, or at least a little bit of a pattern interrupt when it comes to things like fitness and recovery and diet. Have you always been kind of wired up that way, like thinking outside the box as far as your own performance and recovery? I think this path uh, has really started. I was a, a chubby late bloomer when I was uh, in my teens and had 
suffered from a little bit of bullying, not necessarily from my peers or other teammates, but I feel like I could always hold my own there, but just from other coaches, um, I can think of probably three or four that tried to motivate me by putting me down. Um, I just didn't really, I didn't really see it that way. Um, so I think there was one day I was at Chili's with my dad and my mom was on a business trip. And instead of ordering a soft drink, I decided to transition to just having some water. And from that point on, it just exponentially increased. Um, but yeah, if I could just, I was always the pickiest eater too when I was younger. And now I'll eat just about anything. If I could narrow it down to five food groups that I could, that I would consume. Um, I am a bit of a foodie, but I'm also like super into the, the health and wellness. I do grass fed, grass finished beef cooked in either tallow or the great thing about being in California right now is you get access to raw dairy. So I could go to the yeah. grocery store, love air one. Um, you like the $30 jars of fancy yogurt from air one, huh? That's pretty much all I spend my money on. That's <laughs> just a, a passion of mine. Some guys like watches and I like raw dairy or $40 growlers of oxygenated water. Air one actually is pretty fantastic. I'm heading down to LA in a couple of weeks and I always swing by there and hit up the, the hot bar and the cafe for, you know, like the, the cauliflower buffalo bites and you know the raw cakes and they they have a pretty good range of stuff but it empties your wallet pretty quickly i think in the in the gq magazine article maybe it was there that i was reading that you you implement a little bit more of like a nose to tail approach when it comes to your meat i did that article maybe like two years ago and i feel like even just two years ago i'm a completely different person i think uh oops did you hear that I can Sorry. hear your phone dinging, but that's okay. You can oh, you can uh, turn off the EMF, man. Switch in airplane mode. Well, that's what these headphones are right here, are, are EMF <laughs> blocking. I um, noticed that. For people uh, who are watching the video, by the way, uh, Noah's wearing the special headphones. You could probably tell people what, what they are, Noah, but they're a very special form of headphone that lowers EMF. They're like air tubes, right? Yeah, they're the Defender Shield uh, brand, I do believe, that you told me about. Um, yeah. And then, so you got grass-fed, grass-finished beef, cooked in tallow, raw butter, corn and soy-free eggs, which, I mean, some people just go to the grocery store and, like, the options are just completely overwhelming with organic pasture-raised. Like, what the hell does all this mean? And uh, corn and soy-free is, I think, all you really need to know about that. Um, raw dairy and uh, bone broth and fermented vegetables. And I'm actually in the process of finishing Kate Shanahan's book, Deep Nutrition. Oh my gosh, that's a classic. That book is so good for anybody who wants to like wrap their head around the whole seed oil thing. Like she was one of the first people to champion the idea that you really need to think about the kind of oils that you take in based on you know, cell membranes and and the you know the adherence of that stuff in the mitochondrial membrane. Like I don't know how old that book is, but Kate's been around for a while. I can't even go to restaurants anymore without thinking about it. Like you can, there's so many restaurants that serve or claim to have grass fed, grass finished, but they use canola oil or soybean oil, or any kind of vegetable oil, really. Um, as far as like nose to tail, there was a time where I was freezing liver and then I would take it out, chop it up really fine and just shove it in the back of my throat and 
chase it down with like a element. Yeah, the, the elements, the electrolyte packs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the liver king's approach is honey and sea salt. The way I do it is I just freeze them and put them in smoothies. I have a great liver king story, actually. I used to be a huge advocate of his, um, but I was completely off him even before he was exposed for steroids because when I was with the Phillies last year, uh, we were playing the Astros. And I just thought it'd be a great networking tool to uh, leave him some some tickets when we were in Houston. And I, I figured that if you're in the family section, and like he would know that you're a Phillies fan at that point. And he was also messaging everybody on the team, like Zach Wheeler, JT Romuto, Bryce Harper, like with the same like copy and paste. Hey, primal Zach. Hey, primal JT. Hey, primal rice and I'm like oh we have liver king on our side but i'm not super active on social media if i need to download something on or put something on instagram i'll download the app or i'll just have someone do it in my agency do it really quickly and then i'll delete it and it's been great for my mental health um yeah so left him tickets and he was like tagging me on instagram with like astros baseball and i'm like what the heck is going on and then Apparently, he was taking raw liver shots and raw egg shots with Orbit, their mascot, in the family section. And the girl I was dating at the time actually went up to him and called him out. And she's like, you're dead to me. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, how, like, how can you be an Astros fan? And I left him tickets for his wife, himself, and his two sons. And allegedly, his two sons had traded tickets with someone else so they could sit with their friends. And so now I had two fully grown men in Astros jerseys in the family section. Oh, he was wearing an Astros jersey? Yeah, in our family section. Oh, jeez. Oh, and then I, I I was curious to how open and honest he'd be about it. So I texted him like, oh, did your sons enjoy the game? And he's like, oh, they actually traded tickets with their buddies so they could sit. And then he's like, oh, they were, everyone was super grateful and, and nice except for this one person. And it was this girl I was dating at the time so at that point i had, he lost my support and i'd always defend him when people were like oh he's definitely on steroids i'm like he may or may not be on steroids but that's just a dangerous thing to speculate like i had people that were saying oh he's definitely on steroids i'm like you haven't even been to a gym before like how are you gonna like say that like it's just like a very dangerous thing yeah. to to just yeah. claim upon somebody um but i, I think paul saladino is the the true liver king um i do take his nose to tail supplements he's got good stuff and by the way the person who i would trust the most when it comes to just at a glance saying whether or not someone is on steroids is probably derek the more plates more dates guy he's, he he seems to have a pretty good eye for that obviously you can tell based on the eyebrows the forehead the shape of the jaw kind of like the protrusion of the abdominals you know whether or not growth hormone is present like there's some telltale signs and i think most people who know those telltale signs weren't really convinced that that brian johnson the, the liver king was all natural but yeah, he's a very interesting guy i mean he's he's actually a pretty smart businessman and i think he's probably even more intelligent than like kind of the meathead vibe he puts off on social media but he has made some critical mistakes that's for sure if I'm on steroids, then why would I'm not spending 10 minutes in the cold plunge? Or I first came across him when he did that MTV crib style tour of his house and there's no Wi-Fi. It's all Ethernet based. His gym is immaculate. His 
kitchen setup's awesome. Uh, the hot tub that's actually a cold plunge at 33 degrees. He's all about grounding and sunshine in the morning. So I'm like, this just doesn't make any sense. If I'm on steroids and I'm not doing that, I'm not cheating. Or I'm like, if I'm going to cheat the system, I'm not going to put in all that hard work. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. And, you know, that's also kind of clutch what you said about social media, how you'll delete the app and maybe install it if you have to post something. But I think it was an interview that Tim Ferriss had with, I believe his name is Sam. He was like the CEO or now he's he's still involved with Levels, the blood glucose testing company. I don't think he's a CEO anymore. But he talked about how his MO is he just has an executive assistant who will like choose posts, put together posts, and then pass them by him for final approval. And that's that's the way that I do things is I will take photos and then just send them over to a social media assistant. Shout out to Heather if she's listening in. And she'll like put the right hashtags on it and post it and everything. And I I try, even though I occasionally post my own natural stuff to Instagram. I try to outsource it as much as possible just so it's that many fewer times you have to open up those apps. And then same thing with my sons. I tell them, look, and they don't they don't have any social media apps on either of their devices because they literally at 15 years old have a social media manager, meaning like if they have videos, photos, anything, they send them to her. She monitors comments. If there's a comment they need to reply to, she'll email them and ask them what they want to say. But it's so much more clean and less distracting on a device when you're not managing your own socials and only posting if you absolutely have to, you know? Yeah. Social media is a dangerous, harsh world. And I really haven't been super present on it since uh, I left the Mets. And especially because the last two years have been kind of a, a kick in the balls, just kind of <laughs> struggling. And I just don't really want to see people's opinions and they can just yeah. hide behind their little keyboards. Yeah. What happened? Why are you struggling? I think it has a lot to do with I tried to reinvent myself when I had Tommy John surgery because never again in your career are you going to have 12 to 18 months to really reinvent yourself. Most of the off seasons are three to four months long and it's just all about rebuilding and getting ready for the next season. Um, so I just really went on this path and it got to the point where I almost felt like I had the yips and I like forgot how to pitch naturally. And then once I had that setback, I thought uh, the original MRI, the doctor that read it thought I had another tear in my UCL. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like I can't do a more perfect, better rehab. And like I failed and I hadn't even got back to competition yet. So I don't know if my body went to like a fight or flight lockdown mode and just stored that trauma somehow. But I just hadn't been the same since then. Um, I feel like um, each off season has had a, a different theme for me. Like last year, like last year, uh, I was with the Angels for most of the season, and then I got traded to the Phillies, and I, I had a pretty good season uh, for the most part. Um, but I still, I just wasn't the same. I wasn't throwing 100 miles an hour. I was like 93 to 96, really, and like still my mechanics were were off. Um, and then I got traded to the Phillies and I was serviceable as a, uh, back end starter. Um, made all the, we went all the way to world series. It was a great experience. And then once the season was over, I went to, 
uh, those guys stopped throwing. I continued to throw. I went to this baseball training facility on the East Coast that's called uh, Shred Athletics, it's an immaculate training facility. And like they had some ideas for me. And then I was going to another place in Arizona, but they're based in Kent, Washington, actually. It's called Driveline. And they had another uh, idea for me. And I decided to go with Driveline's uh, method. And I don't really think that was the right fit for me. Um, and then I went to see Dr. Harry Adelson, did the whole full body stem cell makeover. And I think it, it helped out, but I don't think I gave myself enough time to recover from that because at that point it was like December 1st and then you got to start throwing and training. How soon after, how soon after getting the full body stem cell protocol, did you have to get back into training and lifting or traveling? Yeah, I gave myself two weeks or so. Yeah, that's yeah. a decent amount of time. I mean, with that thing, though, different people recover in different ways. Like, I find, because I've done that protocol three times now, I think, the full body stem cell makeover, and I'm usually pretty good to go within a couple of weeks to be lifting and traveling and pretty mobile, et cetera. And the idea, just for folks listening, is you kind of want to baby all those new baby stem cells you have in your body, and you don't drink for several weeks, you avoid heavy lifting and joint loading, Try not to do a lot of airline travel if you can. Avoid inflammatory foods and just like live super duper clean, you know, with walking and swimming and yoga and stuff like that for your primary exercise modalities. But I've had some clients do it and they're literally like sometimes four to six weeks before they're really able to take on a heavy load. And you're right. Like if you, you don't time that window properly, you don't quite get all the benefits. I remember the first time I did it, I raced a Spartan race a week later. And I was kind of upset with myself afterwards because I could tell I kind of messed up a lot of the work he'd done. Yeah, I mean, it was just my first time doing it. I'd definitely do it again. And then I signed with the Dodgers, which are essentially like they've been known to fix everybody. I did a lot of very super intentional, deliberate work with their coaches for three months. And I think it was still going down the wrong path, like movement patterning wise. Um, it's just kind of disappointing because all I ever did was work out or work hard and try. And then the season started and I had a good, really good first start, but then it was just downhill ever since then. Mm. And I, it was just kind of my, the analogy I use is trying to change the tires on a car while it's still moving. And it's really hard to make like drastic changes in your delivery and your mechanics when you still have to compete every five days. And the Dodgers don't, have the patience to like allow you to, I mean, they're the Dodgers are like, they expect they have certain expectations and I wasn't meeting them. And then I got put on what they called a phantom IL, which is basically a, uh, come up with a, they use like my blister, I had a blister on my finger to put me on the IL for two months. Wait, what do you, what, what do you mean when you said they put, they had a blister on your finger to put you on the IL? They call it the phantom IL, which is, I mean, you're on the IL, but it's not really for, really like a like a, an actual issue it's just the point where like they don't want to like release you they want to give you an opportunity to just take a little break and figure some things out and i was kind of getting on the right path and then i got traded to the guardians before i uh i ever made it back to the big leagues with the dodgers i was making some rehab outings in the minor leagues and i was performing pretty well still wasn't like the old me but i think a lot of it has to do with like I had been throwing 
nonstop for the last three to four years. Ever since, like you start throwing and your Tommy John rehab at depending on your surgeon, uh, like my surgeon recommends, it was Dr. Alchek in New York, four months before you start throwing and then you're throwing all the way to month 15. So it's like pretty grueling because they take the pulmonary's longest in your wrist, put in your elbow, basically it's a, a tendon has to turn into a ligament essentially. So you got to stress it a little bit day by day to help fortify it. Um, and then I just had that, that setback at month 15 and then did stem cells, uh, PRP from the, t- like the, the doctors did that. I didn't do that on my own, uh, stem cells from my hip PRP. And I did 30 hard shell hyperbaric chamber sessions. And this is when I started going down this path of like mental fortitude because, I have my own soft shell hyperbaric chamber and I never had any issues with it in terms of like panic or anxiety, but the hospital grade, uh, hard shell hyperbarics is a completely different animal. And I went into it not knowing what to expect. And I get there and I'm like, holy crap, like this is like, I couldn't wear my contacts in there. I had to wear these other glasses and I'm looking through this acrylic lens at this TV. You can watch TV and there's always somebody there by your side. But I was like the, it takes 10 minutes to get to pressure and it takes, if you want it out, it takes 10 minutes to get you out. Yeah. And that's at like two, two and a half atmospheres compared to the, like the 1.4, 1.5 you might get in a home unit. Yeah. the And the, I think what it boils down to is like the amount of control that my central nervous system had. Like I really had to relinquish a lot of control to the person operating the machine and it take, so it would go 10 minutes to get to pressure. And then there was, I did 30 sessions that gutted it out, but almost every single time I had some severe anxiety at the beginning where the PA would have to come in and take me through like a guided mindfulness meditation. And then after that, I was completely, I'd go from panic to crazy laughter by the end of the session. And there were about two hour sessions and I did it. And was it more like um, claustrophobia or was it more of the pressure in the head or something else that led to that sympathetic nervous system. I didn't have any issues like stabilizing my, my ears really. It was just, I think the first time I did it, I had like an anxiety attack because like my legs were like shaking uncontrollably, but I just focused on like box breathing and meditation the whole time. So I think my central nervous system started to affiliate, Oh, hyperbaric, not good, scary place. So I just could not overcome that. And the mind is such a powerful tool. Like, for example, like I never had an issue with flying and now it kind of makes me uneasy. Like I remember like I made my debut when I was uh, in 2015 and I remember ever having any anxiety with flying until 2018 probably. So it's, and that's kind of the, the theme of this off season is just working on the mental side of things. If you're in your thirties, or anywhere beyond, you got to start eliminating senescent cells in your body. These are the so-called zombie cells that make you feel old before it's time to feel old. They linger in your body after their useful function, hence their name zombie cells, wasting energy and precious nutrition and leading to so many middle-aged symptoms like low energy, brain fog, slow workout recovery, and joint discomfort. But luckily, you can nuke these senescent cells. There are a bunch of different Newly discovered plant-derived ingredients that when expertly combined can help to reduce senescent cells. And the folks at Neurohacker have cracked the code on putting them all together into a fantastic product called Qualia Senolytic. Qualia Senolytic. 
Now, this could be one of the biggest aging breakthroughs of the decade based on what we know about senescent cells. It could take years off how old you feel in just months. And you only use it twice a month, six capsules twice a month. Super simple. I'm actually on my cycle right now. I just took six this morning. I'll take six tomorrow morning. Then I set it and forget it for a month, nuking my senescent cells and feeling younger in the process. So if you're sick of feeling old before your time, try, try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, S-E-N-O, neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee, and that code Ben Seno will give you an additional 15% off at neurohacker.com forward slash Ben Seno. All right, you know I'm all about cutting-edge health advice, which is why I can't wait to tell you about Pendulum. It's a probiotic, but it's different. It's made with Ackermantia, which is a next-generation strain of probiotic that's called the Keystone Strain for Gut Health. And the thing is, they've actually shown that the multi-strain probiotic that Pendulum makes that they got this Ackermantia in, it increases your metabolism. It reduces sugar cravings. It breaks down carbs more efficiently. It sustains energy levels. I wear my continuous blood glucose monitor, and even though I'm not a doctor and I don't want you to take this as medical advice, when I use a probiotic strain like this, this pendulum stuff, prior to a meal, my blood glucose doesn't spike as high. These probiotic strains that are engineered now for incredible effectiveness, they're really great. And don't get me wrong, I like kimchi and sauerkraut and yogurt and everything else, but man, a little better living through science to top things off, I'm not going to complain about. And Pendulum is really doing that. Go to PendulumLife.com slash Greenfield to try this amazing probiotic for 20% off. Pendulum Life, P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M, Life.com slash Greenfield to get 20% off. It's interesting, actually. I have this theory about hyperbaric. I've been thinking about that breathing carbon dioxide based on the anxiolytic and actually some of the physiological benefits of carbon dioxide, especially for reducing lactate accumulation, is something that I would actually like to see more hyperbaric companies playing around with, like the ability to be able to breathe carbon dioxide rather than pure oxygen or introduce more carbon dioxide into the chamber. Um, Dr. Mercola, who catches some flack, I know, actually just published a very interesting article. Maybe I'll link to it in the show notes. And it's like a 13-year-old video by kind of one of the OGs of anti-aging and longevity and health, Ray Pete. And it's a whole treatise on why carbon dioxide is actually good for us. And there are, I think I talked about this when I interviewed James Nestor, who wrote the book Breathe, devices like the Carbogen that they'll use in people with trauma or PTSD to actually breathe carbon dioxide to lower anxiety and stress. And I'm just wondering if if hospitals use some form of carbon dioxide in an HBOT chamber, if that's something that's feasible. And I actually, I wrote to Hyperbaric Oxygen USA, to Jason Somers, who runs that company, actually just this morning to ask him about what it would take to outfit a hyperbaric chamber with the ability to breathe CO2 while you're in the chamber. So basically, you're looking at simultaneously elevated levels of O2 and CO2 which has a, a pretty interesting tissue oxygenation effect. So uh, that'd be interesting at some point, don't you think, to see what it would be like to breathe carbon dioxide in HBOT? I mean, I'd be down to try that. Dr. Saunders is my guy right there. And I first heard of him listening to you guys talk. And uh, that's who helped me get my soft shell hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, to HBOT. Hey, what else do you have in your... Uh your wellness routine, or, you know, in my house, I call my Zen Den, you know, where I've got all my recovery tools scattered around, but I'm curious what your go-tos are as far as what you have at home. Okay. So I'll take you through kind of like my morning routine. I do love mornings. Um, 
Uh, so I wake up probably around between six and seven. And before I do anything, before I even my feet hit the ground, I just kind of give myself a little me time to check where I'm at. Kind of give myself a little body scan. And then I will typically go down to the beach and start with a little sunshine and grounding. I prioritize morning sunlight to get my circadian rhythm in sync. And I normally would do like just sometimes I'd jump directly into the cold plunge, but that was a little intense. I'd like to give myself a, a little moment uh, <laughs> to prepare for that. I've actually seen. And this is probably one reason why you see people in triathlons occasionally having heart attacks in the swim portion, evidence that the cold water could cause like atrial fibrillation or cardiovascular issues if you just go straight from lying in bed to jumping in cold water. So I'm kind of the same way. I feel like it's almost too much of a shock and too much of a sympathetic nervous system activation to just like wake up and jump into cold water within a few minutes. I'm usually not doing cold until a couple hours after I've gotten up, usually before I start my work day. I mean, yeah, I have a Morosco Forge like uh, you as well. And I mean, 32 degrees when you first wake up and you still got sleep on your eyes. It's, it's a lot. Um, so I'll either do like 20 minutes of meditation on the beach or I'll help prepare my central nervous system for the shock of the cold water and do some Wim Hof breathing um and also i don't know if you're i'm sure you're familiar with brain tap but i do like that device a lot describe the brain tap to people the brain tap is a i mean i have the headphone set to go along with it so it's just like a headphone set that actually i guess it just plays like some sort of binaural beats or frequencies it's got some kind of like i have tons of programs and i i guess it helps speak to your unconscious mind a little bit. Cause sometimes you'll play a program and you'll have two different voices. And like, I guess the point isn't to li- try to listen to both, but your, your un- unconscious mind is picking up on both. Um, and then it comes with like a little visor as well. And the, the headphones, the ears also have like uh, LEDs in them as well to, I guess, stimulate like the, the inner ear muscle, and the visor has LEDs in the visor as well to emit some sort of patterning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think it's really cool piece of equipment. Yeah, I agree. I dig it. Like I'm not very hypnotizable and that thing will bring me to another planet, especially if I do like the space journey or the earth journey. Or like there's one that's like the medieval journey back to medieval times where a voice is just like walking you through this whole new experience and adventure that you go on in your mind. But it's paired with, like you said, Noah, light and sound stimulation to the eyes and the ears and the photoreceptors in the ears. And so it shifts the brain into this changed brainwave state dramatically. I even have a couple of friends who have gone through the, there's a whole series on there on how to use your own body as a pharmacy to kill pain. They've done it for low back pain and seen a remarkable positive effect on back pain when using the brain tap back pain sessions. But like you mentioned, there's like hundreds of different sessions you can do. My favorites are the are the journeys. You ever messed around with any of those? I don't think I have. Yeah, you dig them. They're pretty cool. Uh, for those of you who may have heard a quick hiccup there in the interview, uh, I had a tennis match this morning and rehydrated way too well, so I had to go take a potty break. And Noah grabbed some water, and he was just describing that he's only got one kind of water that he drinks. So to hold it up, Noah, what is it? It's Mountain Valley. Throughout the MLB, I have been known as the green water bottle guy. And it's kind of funny that... 
So when I was with the Angels last year and we're playing the Phillies, like where the buses drop us off, it's like the longest walk to the visiting team clubhouse. And you have to walk past the home clubhouse and they just had pallets of the sparkling versions and all their different flavors of the Mountain Valley. And everyone's like, oh my God, Noah, this is your team. And I'm like, lo and behold, two months later, I get traded there. So, <laughs> Yeah, Mountain Valley is pretty good. The, uh, I think it's, I believe it might be Jack Cruz, who's big into minerals and magnesium, amongst a few other, actually a lot of really great doctors. Dr. Leland Stillman, shout out to him, previous podcast guest. He has a lot of his clients do a hair tissue mineral analysis and finds that mineral replacement is really good. And there's a few brands that are pretty high in minerals. Mountain Valley's one. Pellegrino's good. Um, Magnesia and Gerald Steiner are also pretty darn good for minerals from bottled water. And of course, the the glass version is clutch. But you, uh, before we we took our potty break and you your water break, you're talking about the brain tap. So you got the beach with the grounding and earthing. You got the cold. You got the brain tap. What else is part of your your wellness lounge protocol? Once I kind of prepare my central nervous system for the day and for the cold tub, I will jump in the cold tub and I actually uh, got this really cool red light device. I actually have it over here if you want to check it out. I'm going to go grab it really fast. Yeah, let's see it. By the way, for those of you watching the video, again, it's going to be at com slash Thor podcast. All right, let's see what this is, man. Yeah. So yesterday, I mean, I just got this in the mail and I think I've, I found that the company through, I just was Googling one day, like the truth about Juve or something like that. And I came across this company called Get Chroma and they have this device called Iron Forge. And after I cold plunged yesterday, I came up to my living room, just butt ass naked and shined this all over my body. And this thing packs a serious oh. punch. It is like 90 second treatments. And if you have hold it over one body part or limb for too long, you can, it, it gets pretty hot. Yeah, that's that's like one of like the medical. It's like a medical device, LED red light laser. So that's on like the Juve or the Kineon or some of these full body panels or spot treatment panels. That's one where it's literally for some pretty intense inflammation or joint recovery, and it's also more dangerous, I guess. Like you were talking about, like it'll heat up tissue pretty quickly. Like it is an actual pretty powerful laser in that thing yeah i guess i should backtrack a little bit the i think all this recovery modalities are, are all fine and dandy but they're really nothing if you don't get quality sleep um so my i think the best way to prepare for the next day is uh the previous night and i don't really take a whole lot of sleeping supplements normally around when the sun goes down i put my blue light blockers on i mean i'm not i, I have been known to watch a little bit of tv but I still don't really have any issues, like fall asleep pretty naturally. So I'll put my blue light blockers on, um, take some magnesium, like less than eight or three and eight. And I make like these tart cherry juice mm. limeades, uh, use Mount, Mountain Valley sparkling, good organic in the glass, tart cherry juice and like some fresh squeezed lime. And it is unbelievable. And tart cherry is great for sleep. That's a... That's like kiwi as a melatonin precursor. I kind of have a similar thing. I do coconut water and tart cherry and gelatin. And sometimes I'll put like a little reishi or magnesium. Or I've even put like some of that Quicksilver Lipocalm stuff, which is a bunch of GABA inhibitory neurotransmitter precursors. And I stir all that together in a pot over the stove and then pour it in the little molds, like 
I just have these little like Reese's peanut butter size cup molds that I got on Amazon and then refrigerate that. And I'll just pop a couple of those gummies before I go to sleep at night. And they're, they're great for sleep. And considering you pay like 30 plus bucks for a little jar of sleep gummies and you can make them at home with that, it's, it's a pretty good recipe. But yeah, for anybody who's not turned on to the tart cherry thing, there's, there's a lot of good research behind that for sleep. Yeah, I've heard, I, sometimes I will have some bone broth too before bed. I've heard that glycine helps with sleep as well. Um, I would sometimes take some L-theanine, but I already live a different world in my dreams as it is. I don't need to have any crazier dreams because they are quite vivid. But I guess that's good sleep feedback because it tells me that I'm in REM sleep. I don't know. You might be a better answer to that one. So you're obviously not doing cannabis before sleep because that shuts down dream cycles. Have you always been a, like a crazy dreamer? For the most part, yeah. But I don't really have nightmares now. Yeah. Yeah. You're just doing a lot of emotional processing and memory consolidation when you sleep if you dream more. Did you know that GPT can now do dream interpretation? That's actually really popular. People go to chat GPT and type in their dream and get interpretation from it because GPT is basically read, if you want to call it that, thousands of dream interpretation books. I read an article that chat gpt or whatever it's called had predicted that in however many years the whole world was going to be vegan yeah it might be attempting some kind of a back-end manifestation there with the veganism thing the uh the, the thing is though, that actually reminded me when i was talking about books you read a lot of books don't you have a book club or something like that yeah so during covid i was trying to do something healthy um and try to just get people involved and I was always a pretty good student, but getting straight A's and whatnot, that's kind of easy. That's just like rote memorization. And I didn't really learn a whole lot of problem solving skills or like emotional intelligence when I was in school. Um, so it was easy during COVID to start a book club and like every, actually my first one was, what doesn't kill us by Scott Carney. Oh, yeah. And I did it as like a collab with Adrian at Morosco. Um, and then every month I was picking a different book. Uh, but now like that was, it was easy during COVID because I was rehabbing and I wasn't have to worry about performance. But then last year when I was with the angels, it was like more one book every two months um, and then it was hard to really do it this year with the Dodgers. I did, uh, I tried to pick different themes and like apply it to like different fan bases and because more, I'm like, I like books like breed by James Nestor or biology mm -hmm. belief or, yeah. um, a new earth by Eckhart Tolle. And some people just don't, there's a small group of people that I feel like like those sorts of books. So I try to diversify a little bit and, uh, it was just hard with the Dodgers this year because people don't really care about what you're doing outside of the field if you're not performing very well. Um, so I'd like to pick it back up. I think there's just uh, a huge uh, benefit to reading and stepping in the mind of another human being and just trying to yeah. gain some sort of emotional intelligence and um, I just genuinely enjoy it. Have you read uh, Morgan Housel? Morgan Housel wrote The Psychology of Money. Have you read his new book? Mm -mm, I've never actually heard of him. Okay. And you know what? This is embarrassing. I've been binging his new book, and I don't remember 
the name of it. It's Morgan Housel's new book. The same guy who wrote The Psychology of Money. That one's a fantastic read. That's my bedside read right now. But you like reading boring books, though, before you go to bed, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not, I like reading books that don't make me think about my business or like deep science and physiology that just gets my brain churning. So I'll read things like self-improvement books that I wouldn't say are boring. They just take me outside the zone that I've been in all day long when it comes to work. So spiritual books like devotionals or, uh, for example, one I'm reading right now is Practicing the Presence of Jesus uh, by Joni Erickson Tata. And then this new book by Morgan Housel. Like those are all the type of books that are on my bedside. And then... I bring my sons through a new book. We kind of like have our own father-son book club. So we do a new book about every two weeks and have pre-dinner time discussions about whatever we've been reading. So right now we're reading a book about irrational human psychology and logical fallacies. And then after that, we're moving on to a business book called uh, What the CEO Wants You to Know. And I try to, with them, generally bounce between like rhetoric, body language, self-improvement, finances, uh, like a lot of practical in the streets knowledge that will make them better students or, you know, or better, you know, future husbands or businessmen. And so we do a lot of reading at our house. We kind of systematize it in terms of having our own little inside the house book club. And then I typically read an additional, usually around two to three books a week right now. That's impressive. I'm like, maybe you one a month right now. Um, the most recent books I've read, uh, I really just devoured 10% Happier by Dan Harris. I thought that was an amazing meditation book. Um, uh, Think Again by uh, who is it? Ryan Grant. It might be Adam Grant. Yeah, I think I think it might actually. be. Actually, yeah, I don't, know, I don't yeah. even know who Ryan Grant is. And I'm still trying to get through Deep Nutrition. And I just got over like I'm like 350 pages deep. And it's just now finishing the okay, we get it. Hydrogenated vegetable oil is bad. And yeah. now we're on to yeah. processed sugar. <laughs> One of those books that, that could be summed up pretty easily. You know, if you want to learn how to read books faster, and he just came out with the second edition of, of this book that covers AI and smart drugs as well. You should check out Jim, Jim Quick's book, Limitless. Yeah. I've read that. Yeah. Um, I've tried that method, but sometimes I just like to slow it down a little bit. I know like your mind can read faster than you can actually like speak. Um, but it's, I mean, I've been, that's how we were taught in school and that's what was ingrained yeah. in our head for the longest time. So it's just hard to, yeah. to break through that. And like, as far as the book club goes, it's, it is a, like, a, it's got Noah's book club as the title, but I'm still trying to figure out what it actually is. There's nowhere to like for fans to really like engage. It was just like, I would post something on my personal social media. I would, post different chapter updates on my stories. And then at the end of the month, I would do a Q and a with whoever recommended the book to me because I'm not really great at hosting things like that myself. There have been a couple of times where I've done it on my own, but it was a different kind of production, but uh, we made it work. Yeah. You just call it uh, either literator or literator <laughs> can be your book club title. I like that. You got to recommend a book for me yeah. so I can have you on. Yeah. Literator. Um, so, you know, I, I know that a lot of people were probably interested in hearing what the, the biohacked MLB pitcher does. And I'm curious, besides that cold laser 
LED device that you held up. If there's any other kind of weird fringe or lesser known or extremely effective modalities that you find pretty critical in your day to day. So next to my cold plunge in the garage, I have a barrel sauna. I crank that bad boy up to 230 if I wanted to. Um, I've owned two different kinds of infrared saunas. I've sold them both um, just because I was kind of brainwashed in the fact that like both clear light and sunlit, I guess, import their wood from outside of the United States. So they need to treat it with chemicals. So the whole like off-gassing process, I don't know how valid that statement actually is, but that was just what I've been told by people that are smarter than I am. By the way, because I know people are going to ask, I have not heard that. Um, I will, however, after this podcast, <laughs> dig into that. So go to the show notes if you have your own information to share on that. VOCs in wood from imported wood and infrared saunas. Uh, yeah, leave your thoughts in the show notes if you know much about that. You just gave me something to research, Noah, so thanks. Yeah, do you know um, Robbie Besner from Therisage? I know who that is, yeah. So he was the one that, that told me about that. And okay. so I have an infrared sauna of his, a little portable tent. Those things are, are awesome. Um, just because I've been tr- living like a nomad for the last four years, it's getting kind of pricey to be traveling from Florida to Arizona to California to yeah, back to California, like with my Morosco and my, my barrel sauna. Um, I have a hyperbaric in my guest room as well. Um, I have my fancy BFR unit right here as well. The Matup Pro, they're, they're based out of France. I have Katsus as well, but this is like, you can't, untether yourself from it um so the other day the way i used it i did it on my legs um did bilateral heels elevated squats and the protocol for bfr usage is you do one set of 30 and then followed by three sets of 15 and it's very difficult to walk after that yeah um so i I incorporated any moment or opportunity that I can. Do you do the arms and the legs at the same time? This just has two ports. So like a lot of the other popular ones that are like really expensive is like, this one is about 6K. And then there's another one called by Owens Recovery Sciences that they actually use like a built-in Doppler. Um, those are about 5K, but that's only per limb. So if you wanted to do two limbs at the same time, you'd have to fork over ten thousand dollars oh wow um but this has two ports in it so i've only done legs all at once or arms all at once but when i do it with my arm it's mainly for like arm care stuff so it's either i go through like manual resisted stuff with a with a physical therapist or a trainer a lot of love crushing forearms um you can do, I mean, I do basically any exercise I want with it and just to add a little bit more bang for my buck and just to get some some amazing growth hormone pumping through my veins. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that more of these modalities aren't in the average training room, like at a pro sports club? I mean, is it just kind of like old school thinking? And I, and I ask because, by the way, a lot of the locker rooms I've been in, you know, it's all endocrine disrupting chemicals. 
besides a few clubs, like pretty old school, you know, barbell, kettlebells, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, a lot of these standard training and lifting and recovery modalities, but it seems like there's a lot left behind. At least that's my perception. I could be wrong. Oh, most definitely. Like I'm to the point right now to where like we have our clubhouse managers and part of their job is to do our laundry amongst other things and the soaps and detergents and whatever that they're using are just extremely toxic. So I'm to the point right now where I just want to take my own laundry home and do it with my own detergent that's non-toxic. Um, and then you go into the, the bathroom or the showers and it's just Irish spring. I guess Irish springs are all right, I guess, but like there's other soaps and shampoos and conditioners full of phthalates, parabens, sulfates. Yeah, it's like Gillette, Old Spice, just all the standards. And then what about like, like you were showing the BFR device, for example, you know, or the or the light. And I know some athletic training rooms do have laser and LED, but is it just again just just old school thinking that a lot of these biohacking technologies for recovery or fitness just haven't seemed to penetrate the industry that well? depends on the team i've been with five major league teams now six organizations and mostly every training room has the a few bfr the fancy bfr units um when i was with the dodgers they had a beamer for a little bit but it, it wasn't theirs um they also had like this narrow feedback chair that i absolutely loved and i was like the only one that used it and it was like this lawn chair that you would sit in and it would vibrate the hell out of you like different frequencies and you'd wear headphones for different binaural beats was that the shift wave shift wave chair i'm not familiar with what it's what it was called but then you'd wear like a little pulse oximeter and it would measure like it'd give you like real time before and after hrv measurements the one you're talking about if it is the shift wave it tracks your heart rate and your breath rate and your hrv in real time and it just your breath cues and the vibration of the chair and everything during the session and walks you through like how to breathe and how to relax and how long to exhale. I, Dr. John Laurence at Zen, at Mito Zen Medical Clinic in Florida, he has one. It's crazy. I actually really want to get one. Like it, it is almost like you're on some kind of a weird trip and you feel on top of the world when you finish one of those recovery wise. I think they actually have a setting that's like, trip or something like that but yeah i mean i love that thing i was i think i was the only one that ever really used it and of course like they wasn't there so the company took it back after i don't know how long uh it just kind of depends on the organization and their budget i guess um some teams have really immaculate space and weight rooms and other teams just kind of cheap owners, I guess, and don't, and then kind of leave that uh, kind of responsibility on the individual players. Like, Oh, you're making this amount of money. Like you need it. You can get it yourself. Yeah. I did have a pulse PMF bed that I rented for quite a bit last year. And the place that I'm doing my physical therapy at, they have one as well. And I freaking love that thing. I think second, to sleep is nutrition. Um, I think the, my favorite modality or resource that I have is my personal chef. Uh, she's amazing and like super knowledgeable about health and wellness and nutrition and food. Like everything's grass fed, grass finished, cooked in tallow or butter. She's really into like cooking seasonally and going to the farmer's market. So she's been 
doing a lot of different squashes and pumpkin. Amazing. Yeah. You ever heard of methodology? Because they're a, uh, the reason I bring them up is they're a meal delivery service. And I've tried out a ton for different clients and they're pretty high end. I mean, I think they're like, I don't know, maybe 400 bucks a week or something like that. So it's obviously a little bit of a price point, but it's your, your breakfast, your lunches, your dinners, your snacks, your juices, but it's like super high quality seed oil free, really high end stuff. That one's called methodology. That was the recent meal planning service that I've been recommending to more of my kind of like VIP exec clients who don't want a personal chef, don't have the time to cook, but want their meals delivered. Now that, that one's, that one's pretty impressive. I'll definitely have to check that out. I've been uh, working on and off with this nutrition scientist named Chris Talley, uh, based in El Segundo here. And he will do like this full, very comprehensive blood analysis with, I mean, it takes like an hour and a half to go over all this with him. And then if you want, he has a kitchen in El Segundo and like he'll ship nationwide and everything is exactly tailored to your needs. And it's kind of funny because a couple of years ago I had an immune response to dairy. And when I recently did some blood work with him, but at that time I didn't even know what raw dairy was, but then I did some blood work with him and I've recently like it's cured. Now my only allergy is I have shrimp and lobster. Yeah. That's not uncommon. What's the guy's name again? Chris Talley. Okay. I think it's like Precision Food Works is his company. Okay, cool. I'll put that in the show notes. Full disclaimer, all these recovery hacks and whatnot, my C-reactive protein for some reason has been a little high. So I'm still I'm trying to just address that and doing a lot more blood work than what I normally have in the past and just really taking a deep dive and, and look under the hood. Yeah. Random question about that. Do you know what your methylation genetics are? Like if you're a poor methylator or anything like that, have you ever done DNA testing? Mm -hmm. I haven't done any yeah. of that. The reason I ask is some people who are poor methylators, if they have sources of folic acid in their diet and folic acid, you'll find it in a lot of energy drinks. You'll find it in a lot of supplements, multivitamins, different enriched products like flowers and cereals, which it doesn't sound like you're doing a lot of, but what happens if you're a poor methylator, a lot of the folic acid can cause a little bit of an inflammatory reaction, like a, a buildup of homocysteine and also sometimes a buildup of CRP in the body. And so that might be one thing to look into because a lot of people just have little bits here and there of dietary folic acid. And if they're poor methylators, it can kind of screw them over from an inflammatory standpoint. Is folic acid the same as folate? Natural folate, like methyl tetrahydrofolate, is like 20 times more expensive to use as a nutritional ingredient for methyl groups in supplements or to fortify foods. So most people don't do it because they just don't get good margins on their product. So there's even like some very popular energy drinks out there and, and supplements that if you look at the label have folic acid in them, which I don't think is generally that good, but especially if you're a poor methylator, you should avoid it, you know, and like the organ meats that you're consuming, those are good sources of natural folate. But if you have high CRP, I'm not saying that's what it is, but you always check it out. You just do like a, uh, you know, get a gene test from self-decode or Stratagene or the DNA company or one of these sources and just see what your methylation genetics are. There was at one point where I was diagnosed with hereditary hemochromatosis and every team that I've been with, I've asked the 
team physician to monitor it and they've come back to me like oh no you're fine so there's a certain level of distrust there so uh i'll get some answers here pretty soon yeah because obviously as you know like in people who train a lot crp can also just be elevated as a relic of training in which case usually you'd want to look at all your inflammatory markers like homocysteine and interleukins and get like a full inflammatory panel like from direct labs for example and then you could see if you're inflamed because you're really inflamed or if CRP is just one element that's up just because you might have trained hard in the couple of days prior to the test, you know? Yeah, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I feel great. And I feel like all my practices are really dialed in. Um, so there's, there's that. Um, I guess another, on a different note, my other... Uh, hack i guess you could say is i will dabble with intermittent fasting or just like on sunday i'm traveling or tomorrow i'm traveling and i'm gonna fast all day because on tuesday uh, i'm gonna work with this functional medicine doctor in dallas his name is dr joe cleaver and he's gonna do a v-cells treatment on me oh yeah those are pretty epic the very small embryonic like stem cells they're extremely potent in terms of their ability to be able to help with tissue and joint recovery. And I don't know if you knew this, Noah, but there's one doctor, Dr. Todd, he's out of San Diego. He's got a hard to pronounce name. It's like Ovakidos or something like that. But he activates the V cells with special laser lights that allow the V cells to go to the part of the body where they're needed most. And actually Harry Adelson, who you mentioned, when you do the full body stem cell makeover with him, I believe he uses something very similar to Dr. Todd's protocol with lights and V-cells. Well, I was going to do Dr. Harry's program again, but now he just does like umbilical um, exosomes. And I think that's got to like, but he did that. I like the cocktail that he uses, you know, like the bone marrow, the fat, V-cells and exosomes. I don't want just like exosomes. I just want. I want stuff that comes from me. The nice part about the new one that he does, you recover way faster, but some people do like to use the, the bone marrow aspirate, so to speak. Another guy that's doing really interesting work in stem cells is Dr. Adil Khan. I interviewed him and he's also doing things like follistatin gene therapy and clotho gene therapy. And he's got some really interesting stem cell protocols as well. He has a certain type of stem cell that he's developed. It's not V-cells. It's a little different. I think they're called VESTs or something like that. But he's got a clinic down in um, Cabo. And I might go down there in February to do some treatments with him. And we're also doing a big conference in Austin in February called Unlock Longevity, where we're going to be talking about a lot of that stuff. But his name is Dr. Khan, K-A-H-N. And I did an interview with him where he talked about a lot of this stuff. I'll link to it in the show notes. But it was super interesting. He's a good guy to look into also. And as I'm flying on Sunday, I will be, I had just, I, I forgot about your advice of putting all your EMF defender shoe. No, that's no choice yeah. products and your carry on because there was one time where I was wearing the no choice underwear and I went through the scan. They had to scan me like three or four times. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm wearing EMF protecting underwear. And I'm surprised yeah. they didn't try to tackle me then and there because the TSA agents like, what the hell is this guy talking about? my cross region was essentially invisible to the machine. So I'm just pleased that I didn't have to go through a full body cavity search to make it through security. And for people listening, the no choice is a full body 
no choice is a full body EMF blocking suit. So you go through a scanner and you look like a ghost and they freak out. So I always have it in my backpack and I'll even take it out of my backpack and put it in a little plastic bin so it doesn't cover up stuff in my backpack. And then as soon as I walk through security, that's when I put on the, the EMF blocking gear, the, the sexy wraparound Faraday cage. Do you have the, the hoodie that goes all the way up and you yeah. have like the eyelids? <laughs> uh, I do that on international alien. flights, dude. It's nuts. You, you literally feel like you're inside this protected cave that nobody can get at. And I will probably be reinforcing uh, myself with a little bit of ketone esters as well as I fly to help protect myself with some potential radiation from flying. Yeah, that's fantastic. Ketone esters, my stacks, ketone esters, hydrogen tablets, magnesium, and some kind of antioxidant like C60, for example, is really good. And then I do the EMF blocking gear, like the no choice, the full body suit. And then typically, if it's a long haul flight, I'll do an NAD patch. And I'll also, if it's a long flight, do super high dose melatonin for the anti-inflammatory benefits, like the sublingual trochies from Mitozen, or even the suppository from Mitozen. So you're getting like 300 milligrams of melatonin, which is one of the most potent anti-inflammatories you can have in your body during the whole flight. And I, I know a couple of people who also use for a similar anti-inflammatory effect, even though I don't do this as much, uh, ozone oil capsules or methylene blue. And the reason I don't like those is they kind of wake you up. They're super excitatory and I like to sleep on the airplane. So I like to use melatonin as like the, the big guns for inflammation, you know? You like the melatonin suppositories from Dr. John Laurens or like the dissolvable ones in your mouth? Yeah, it depends. For like a super long haul flight, the suppositories are fine because you're just kind of like, you know, if, if I'm flying and by long haul, I mean like, you know, eight plus hours and I try to fly business if I can. So I'm able to lay down, you know, on, on a lounging chair. And uh, if you're seated for a long period of time with the suppository up your butt, sometimes stuff can go wrong. But if I'm laying down, I'll do the suppository. And then otherwise, they've got sublingual trochies, like they call it the Sandman bar. And you just put a little bit under your tongue. And those are really good, too. There's another new company called Troscriptions. And they've got one called Trozy. It's not melatonin. It's GABA. And that stuff's pretty amazing, too, just for the, the sleeping component. So, yeah, there's there's quite a bit in my airplane bag. But, man, I I love being able to feel like a million bucks when I walk off the plane and just feel like I don't have to go you know, curl up in my hotel room and pass out for a couple hours. Oh, one thing I was going to mention as well, uh, Dr. J, he used to be like your, your co-host on the show, right? Jay Wiles. Yeah. The other guy I was talking about was John Laurence, but, but Dr. Jay Wiles. Separate note. I was like, I've, I've talked to him on and off for like the last two years or so. I've done some Hanyu stuff with him for like HRV measuring. And he has, um, coming up with like, he offered me to, to go out to South Carolina and do like this whole brain mapping kind of assessment, um, just to see like, I mean, the, just the last couple of years have been kind of rough on my central nervous system. So, uh, to see which regions of the brain are active or too active or, or not functioning very highly at all. So yeah, I'm just really uh, taking a deep dive and making sure that no stone is, is on turn. That's a super valuable test. As a matter of fact, it can even show indication of mold, mycotoxin, like Lyme or Epstein-Barr co-infections, along with areas of the brain that could be fixed with neurofeedback. So, yeah, I've done – I've probably done a brain map every year 
for like the past seven years. My last couple were with a company called Jizen in Mill Valley, California, but then Peak Brain in LA does them. Dr. Jay Wiles, like you mentioned, shout out to Dr. Jay. He does them. But yeah, it's they're super beneficial. I think more people should know about them because they're not super expensive and you get a lot of really interesting data about your brain. But anyways, is there any, is there any other cool things you want to share with folks just in the few minutes we have left here? Uh, oh, sensory deprivation tanks, flow tanks. Love, love me a good flow tank. Setting in a magnesium salt for an hour, you get, there's so many different benefits between like absorbing the magnesium through your skin and just like it's in the title itself, the sensory deprivation. So, um, yeah, and you just get an hour to, to float and kind of lose your mind a little bit, but that's the beauty in it. And is that, uh, is that, is that ketamine fueled or non ketamine fueled? Uh, non ketamine fueled. I've, I've never tried that kind of therapy, yeah. but uh, it's definitely interesting for sure. Yeah. That's a lot of people like that. It's like the turkey and cranberries with the isolation tank. I personally don't like to feel like I'm high in a dark chamber filled with water, but some people do. That's your thing. Um, well, no, this is super interesting. I'm going to link to the GQ article. I'm going to link to all your socials, even though I know you're, you're never on them, apparently. Uh, and I'll hunt down some of this stuff, like like the LED light and the BFR. And I'll link to a lot of this stuff in the show notes for people who want to take a deeper dive. But dude, what a, what a fascinating approach you have to fitness and recovery. So I appreciate you coming on. And hopefully people can follow you and learn a little bit more about what you do. Oh, thank you, Ben. Thank you for everything that you do and for helping me on this path. Word, man. My pleasure. And folks, bengreenfieldlife.com slash Thor podcast, T-H-O-R podcast is where you can leave your comments, your questions, your show notes, your feedback about anything. So I'd love to see you pipe in. I read all of those. Leave the show a review wherever you're listening in. Until next time, I'm Ben Greenfield with Noah Syndergaard. Have an amazing week. Well, this is pretty cool. Just put the finishing touches on a luxury VIP retreat in the Swiss mountains. So you may have seen a little bit of rumblings about this on social media, but the beautiful Six Senses retreat, all-inclusive luxury locale in beautiful Crans, Montana, Switzerland, has graciously allowed me to bring a maximum of up to 10 folks, and this could be individuals, couples, families into a transformative experience there where I'm going to lead breath work, hikes, workouts. You'll get hands-on foraging adventures with nature's freshest ingredients in their cooking class locale there. You're going to get a chance to do amazing spa treatments, a meticulously curated program. You'll get to meet my wife and my sons who will be there. Again, families are welcome. You can bring one or two or three kids. You can make it a couple's retreat. If you want to go solo, you can. There's a limited number of rooms where we're prioritizing couples and families. But again, if you want to get in, this thing is coming up around the corner, April 17th through the 21st, 2024. So it will be all-inclusive. You'll want to fly into Geneva, Switzerland, assuming you want to get into the closest airport. I've already got our flights. Uh, you'll want to mic your calendar for April 17th through the 21st. And here's how to get in. You go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24. That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24. 
And again, it's going to be incredible all the way down to like evening sing-alongs and stargazing and yoga and meditation. And again, the spa there is incredible. Sixth Sense is known for having incredible retreats around the world, but this one in Switzerland is supposed to be one of the best. I can't wait. I led a retreat in Portugal last year and people just said it was the most amazing experience of their lives. This one will be just as good, if not better. So go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24 and you can get in on this retreat that's coming up right around the corner, April 17th through the 21st. I hope to see you there. Want free access to comprehensive show notes, my weekly roundup, cutting edge research and articles, my top recommendations for everything that you need to hack your life, and much more? Visit bengreenfieldlife.com. In compliance with the FTC guidelines, please assume the following about links and posts on this site. Most of the links going to products are often affiliate links, of which I receive a small commission from sales of certain items. But the price is the same for you, and sometimes I even get to share a unique and somewhat significant discount with you. In some cases, I might also be an investor in a company I mention. I'm the founder, for example, of Keon LLC, the makers of Keon branded supplements and products, which I talk about quite a bit. Regardless of the relationship, if I post or talk about an affiliate link to a product, it is indeed something I personally use, support, and with full authenticity and transparency, recommend in good conscience. I personally vet each and every product that I talk about. My first priority is providing valuable information and resources to you that help you positively optimize your mind, body, and spirit. And I'll only ever link to products or resources, affiliate or otherwise, that fit within this purpose. So there's your fancy legal disclaimer.